you know, I just want to hear some testimonies about what the mayor's conference uh, meant to you. And so we'll, we'll allow you to, to share that. The, the seven day fast for the conference was absolutely necessary. Uh, it was absolutely necessary. And in the future, um, um, I know uh, I heard Bishop Oyedipo say this first. He said, for those that follow God in these last days and do exploits, you are called to do it in hostile environments and impossible scenarios. Um, and so he said, so he said, any ministry in the last days that does not know how to fast and pray its way through these environments will be held at bay. They might put on a nice rock and roll show, but there'll be no change and no, no quality of change in a person's life. And so, uh, so we knew that it was sprung on us really at the last minute. It's not something we thought about um, throughout the year. I mean, we just, it just happened and we just realized we were supposed to do it. And so we did the seven-day fast, and, um, and it was absolutely necessary. It's almost like a portal opened up during, that, during those couple of days because um, just the information that was shared. The information that was shared ended up being over 10 hours of teaching. Um, the scientific equivalent was us working for 100 hours, uh, literally. So we did that, and then um, Sunday, after, after the Sunday morning session, we then did question and answer, and then we ended up doing a counseling session for like a couple of hours. Then on Monday, I had to edit all of this stuff for eight hours, so I'm still in that mode. And I can tell my body is like, dude, this is the limit right here. I mean, it's, um, and so, uh, but it was, but the testimonies are, that are coming in are just, uh, it, the, the way the testimonies are coming in so fast, so hard, and so extreme, we now understand that anything that we ever do on that level, which was very small, by the way, but any conference that we ever do will have to incorporate fasting because of the amount of people that it will affect. I mean, it's almost like the thing is just spreading like wildfire. I mean, it's just unreal because people are just sending it out, sending it out. And as a note, um, when you go to the media tab, there's a sub tab now that will say marriage tune-up. If you click on that, it is all of the sessions in order, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, that way. If you go to our regular page, you know, you have to start down a little ways and work your way up. But we set it up that way so that now people, all we have to do is say, go to the media tab. There's a sub tab that says marriage tune up. And all of the sessions are there, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. And then uh, how many are like that music that they did Saturday morning? That was... Man, it was like going to a jazz club. You know, some people were walking back and forth praying. You know, others were just standing, dancing. Other people were just sitting there like this. You know, so uh, that is just the beginning of following the Holy Spirit. I thought that was very much in order because um, it was a marriage conference. And so, you know, in many ways, God is desiring, I hate to say it this way, I shouldn't say I hate to say it this way, but bring the sexy back to marriage. You know, uh, the whole altar call slow dance thing at the end that was super cool that was really really super cool and at the last minute I had no intention on doing that zero um, I had no intention on doing anything I had no intention on pulling y'all to the altar you know it's just you just have to follow the Holy Spirit follow the Holy Spirit and at that moment at the right time he'll show you that's the hallmark of this ministry that Jesus said my yoke is easy and my burden is light and that's because all you gotta do is just relax follow him he'll give you impressions in here or in your mind and you just follow that and the single people were blown away. The single people were getting more delivered than the married people were. And one girl told me, she said, this is the first time I felt love. I mean, it was, there was something in the atmosphere. I didn't have to lay hands. All I had to do was just follow the instruction. Y'all slow dance. And the Holy Spirit released all of the anger and bitterness. I mean, people were talking about, I mean, feelings that had left because of adultery that the Lord replaced those feelings back like nothing had ever happened before. You know, so it was unreal. You know, I won't put these things on the on the media page because of just me sharing. And how many of you know I killed that Saturday morning session on on being beautiful? <laughs> yeah, I killed that. That was that was only like ten percent of what the scripture says about it. By the way, ten percent. I couldn't take up three hours talking about that. So things were shared, and there was a great deliverance that took place. And um, but uh, with uh, um, and and once again, I. It was just weird. It's, the Lord called it, so we were following the Lord. When the conference started, we had only 
When the conference started, my wife and I only had Friday night and part of Saturday morning. And when we get home Friday night, that's the first time in our marriage that the Holy Spirit would not let both of us go to sleep. And we knew it. My wife laid over and she was just like, the Lord just won't let me go to sleep. I tried. We got up and now we're working until three o'clock in the morning for the Saturday stuff. Um, And then you got to listen to, I don't know what my wife did. Tony said he wanted to play some gangster music behind my wife for the Sunday question and answer. She was going in. My wife was going in on Sunday. I was just, she was going in. If, If you were there, I was just sitting over to the side just laughing like my wife was in gangster mode. You know, so um, uh, I'm just going to read this one scripture, Hebrews 2.1. You can jot it down, look at it later. It says in Hebrews 2.1, it says, for this reason, we must pay much closer attention to what we have heard so that we do not drift away from it. And that's very, very important when it comes to something like this. It was so strong and it had such shock value on it that the enemy will come. Now, he's not going to come to cause your marriages to be argumentative, different things like that. He's just going to cause things to start happening in such a way where you start drifting away from what you heard, drifting away. And so we're going to leave that up there. Uh, That will be up there possibly forever or until we do the next one. It could have been more exhaustive, um, stretched out for four or five days, but we we just hit it to the best that we could. There were things that were coming to us that we hadn't heard before. There were things that were coming to us that came to us the day before. Um, but, that, but that fasting issue, when we do a conference, that's why in the beginning of July, we will start praying for the women's conference. Because when you start getting to where you, I mean, y'all, I'm, t- I'm talking about people who came to be divorced and went back married. I'm talking about single people calling me and saying, I have made a decision to live holy. Satan hates that. He hates that when people make decisions to be better because those decisions affect things in the spirit and it can actually become contagious. The same way that you can have a spirit of perversion on a place or a ministry is the same way that you can have a spirit of holiness on a, a ministry. And then now because of social media and audio and video and different things like that, that thing begins to spread and it begins to affect people. Does anyone want to uh, share what Something that they got out of it or share touch. You know, I do this and y'all just sit around like frogs on the log waiting on the fly to come past. And then when I shut it down, rip it. I got something I got to say. <laughs> you know, come on, friends here. That was uh, um, right on time. And God knows what he was doing. Pastor, when you said uh, um, a puddle open up. And while I was sitting there, just like as if he's like open up that um, portal to just cancel stuff, you know, things that were about to happen. It was just like an emergency. It's like uh, urgency. He opened it. Okay, things are about to happen. I need this thing done right now. So that's what he did. But for us, it was um, like to tell everybody, not because our marriage is so perfect, or whatever, but it's just that me and Garnett, we had, since we started going, coming here at, on Lionheart um, five years ago, we had been working on that. Uh, our marriage, um, somehow, you know, through healing and deliverance, and we were getting in, into some stuff, you know, um, kind of realizing some things, and so we've been working separately on ourselves. And so because of that, it wasn't so much of, okay, we needed that, however, it was just so on point and so on time because it's when we came into Lionheart, um, the, that same time period of time, we had like about a few couples that came in with us. And so, and I think that same time, God gave me like a vision. And so I saw all five of us couples, um, and God was showing me that. And He says, you know, all five of you guys would have been divorced or will be if. You weren't you, you getting in that truth as far as coming to Lionheart to hear the truth. And I know it for myself. I can testify for myself, me and Garnett. I mean, we thought we had a you know, good marriage, you know, okay, but then we came here and a lot starting Lionheart. We're like, whoa, what's going on? So then God gave us that open door to just starting working on things like that. There was just one thing that I couldn't just get a hold of. 
I just couldn't get a hold of that thing, even though I submitted to myself. I say, okay, I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to do that because I'm a woman of God. I love God. I want to just do it just for God. And But my question, it was like, when I see you, God, I want to know what's going on. Why, why it has to be so often for them? Why it has to be like, you know, like, like that, like Pastor said yesterday, you know, why it has to be like, again? I mean, I'm just like, that thing wouldn't leave me. I was just like, seriously? Again? Like, do you have to do it, you know, so many times? I mean, can we just do it two days, you know? And we, I just couldn't get past that. And it was just, I mean, even though we were, I said I was just doing it because I had to do it. But that couldn't, I couldn't get over it. And so when I was listening to it yesterday, and the reason why I volunteered, because I was like, well, we're good, but this area, I just couldn't never get a hold of it. And so when yesterday when I got to this part, and Pastor was saying, this one scripture he said, when you're, when, um, if God, Jesus said, if your eyes keeping you from entering to the kingdom, or whatever it is, whatever part of your body, just rip it off or take it away. Somehow it ministered to me this way, like, I got it. When Pastor said it, I saw it totally different, and it ministers to this um, issue as far as like, oh, okay. I can't explain to you why and how it just clicked. And so yesterday night, last night we were talking about, we stayed up very late. We were just talking and talking about different things and talking about the whole, you know, the um, conference. And so, and it's just like, this last night was the first night really where I could say, ah, hallelujah. Just, you know, after we talk about it, we sealed it down. And it was like, okay, now my mind can relax because even though I was doing it, but my mind was like, no, it just can't be happening. I mean, seriously, why you have to have so much energy? You know, things like that. I'm sorry, baby, but I just have to make sure, you know, that people know. You know, I was just like, you know. But anyway, so then I'm telling you what happened when it sealed last night before, when we went to bed, soon as we hit the bed. I'm telling you, all these demonic spirit, I don't know, all over. They just took over our atmosphere, over our house. They're just there. They just came in because, just because my mindset had just clicked, you know, listening to the message, and I met the, you know, the, um, that, <laughs> that mind change saying this is how we're going to go forward. And this, I got it now. Now I can talk about everything else, not everything, you know, every part of my marriage being whole. And so now I can talk about this knowing, okay, now I can do this without thinking, questioning God or questioning why or this and that. And so they come in. I mean, they, it was so heavy that me and God, when Garnet, Garnet, Garnet started sipping that they come around, we, I mean, literally, and Garnet says, oh, no, there's, there's a whole lot, you know, um, things going on here. So we got up, we prayed, and we just commend them. We took the atmosphere, we take over the atmosphere, and we pray, we plead the blood of Jesus, and we went to sleep. I'm just telling you, I'm telling you all that to tell you how serious it is when God puts some, brings something to your attention through his truth. When you receive it, the enemy is not happy. And he's not happy. I mean, especially with like pastor says, marriages is something that the enemy really hates because he knows that's God's foundation in this world. And that's how God found, you know, founded the church. Everything is on this foundation. And so I just wanted to encourage you, if there's any part of this conference that you need to renew your mind, get in the truth and renew your mind and make sure you listen to it and over and over. And when you, while you're at it, if you know anyone, just send the, the link. Let them know. Listen to that. This will change your life. This will change your marriage. Amen. 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 Yeah, you do have to be careful because the Bible says that Satan comes immediately to steal uh, what was sown. And uh, that was a major seed that was forced in. Very, very much forced in. I, um, uh, there was something I was getting ready to say in regards to that. You know, I think the thing that had I think the most powerful aspect of what happened 
was the whole um, uh, transparency, transparency and being authentic part. You know, there were several people who told me, look, I've been in church all my life and I've never been to a marriage conference where I felt like they were being real. The problem with squeaky clean is that nobody has really lived that way. Um, for you to say that you have a marriage and you and your wife never argue is to say that the devil is not actually after you, which means you're not doing anything. You know, that's not realistic. I mean, a lot of people were quite moved by, I mean, this was one of the many, but my, by my wife talking about how she was dismissive to me and how the Holy Spirit put her in check. You know, there were a lot of other things that we could have shared, but for sake of time, we didn't. Because one of the things that she could have shared was, you know, if the Holy Spirit put her in check and she turned back around and said something, how many times has the Holy Spirit spoken to us and we didn't turn around? And um, and everybody seems to personally appreciate me buying my wife those three watches that were super cheap on her anniversary. Yeah, they 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 pretty much are killing me over that one. You know, but see, but how I many you know that's the type of stupid stuff the husbands do sometimes. You know, and so so being transparent, it lets people know, oh, okay, this is not our situation. This is everyone's situation. This is not your situation based on whether or not you work at Burger King or you're a pastor or you're a billionaire. This is everyone's situation. And someone along the line, you just have to tell it like it is to help people. You know, and I think because and, and it was I think because it came out, it was the truth in love. If it came out truth in arrogance, if it came out, we are the standard of married couples, you should be like us, it would, it would have not had that effect at all. But because it came out in the truth and love, and it came out with a lot of, 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 of wisdom, that my personal favorite part was of the teaching was Saturday morning, the whole going through the scripture, showing the, the beauty. Because what's, what's happening is, is that that's, that's been turned upside down. It really has. And I could have went much further, further with it. My uh, wife and kids were talking yesterday about how when you go back and just see the type of clothes that the priest had to wear just to come into the presence of God, it'll blow your mind. I mean, it was specific material. It was the top of the line, everything. It had to be sewn a particular way. And then when it was done, there was a big breastplate of gold and set in it were 12 different type of precious stones. I can guarantee you, one of the, because of the size they were, one of those stones would have easily been a million dollars. Just one of them. And they had to have 12 of them just in their breastplate. Uh, each one represented... Uh, the tribe of the children of Israel. And so, uh, which also shows you back to that whole comparison saying that every person is compared to a precious stone. You know, also to a particular color, sound, tree, animals, all of those things. That was my personal part because it wasn't this thing of, y'all just need to work out. You know, it was, a, it was much bigger than that. It was that God created the system for us to be the most beautiful and not beautiful based on looking at some magazine or some guy, some girl. It's just that there's something very beautiful about a person when they look the best that they can look and they have a, a sweet spirit on the inside. Sweet spirit for women and beautiful on the outside and a humble spirit upon man and beautiful on the outside. But to see those scriptures, and see, you would have thought one thing if the scripture said they were just beautiful or they were just handsome. But then you had scripture saying that they had a bad body and a bad face. See, and people had never seen that in scripture. They had never seen that. People were like, I can't even argue with this. I can't even be offended. You know, everybody at the gym, I'm sore right now. I mean, people were like, man. But once again, but the wisdom that came in said, that is the scriptural standard, but out of everything, you have to find out what your spouse likes. That's the key. The key is finding out what your spouse likes. Nobody else, not a magazine, nothing. Okay, you got to find out what your spouse likes. And if your spouse likes and it doesn't have any problems, there's nothing for you to do. But the key is finding out what your spouse likes. So, you know, it was, it was very, very, um, uh, very, very amazing. But that was the key, the authenticity, authenticity, the transparency, and just being open to share. This is some of the crazy and stupid stuff that we did. And if you have something that you wanted to share, just kind of jump up right quick. No, thank you, Pastor Turnbull. But um, all of the couples, when you went up front, 
and my husband wasn't in here, the anointing was so strong that it wasn't about, Lord, what was me? How? All of a sudden, you saw a face in the heart of your spouse. Did you all witness that? You know, when we went up and, and, and she was singing, and, and but it was you saw the heart of your spouse. You didn't see anything or what you were going through, but that's all I was saying. I thought that was incredible. Yeah, it was. And, and let me say something. Um, because you really, 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 really do need to pray for, um, I mean, you pray for the church as a whole, but praying in particular for, for myself um, and a Mozart, I'm not trying to make it seem like we Batman or Robin or anything. It's just that we're going into an arena where we really are getting ready to take, take things back. Um, my wife, the Lord, you know, it's funny how sometimes the Lord won't speak to you like the Lord has just been doing a number on my wife saying, I'm getting ready to take your husband's voice throughout the entire earth. Uh, my wife is sitting on the bed two days ago. Uh, ministering to a little girl in Australia, you know, and I, I'm getting ready to do that. And so, and then yesterday I was keenly aware that based on that beauty part that we were talking about, y'all, right now the people in the world, as they're finding out about us, they're going crazy over what we're doing and we're not doing anything. We're just not doing anything, not compared to what God's standard is. Compares to another church, it seems like we're doing nothing, but you don't compare yourself to another church. Okay, but, but I'm telling you, where we are going is, you know, we were talking about today how, where, every, there is no such thing as church music, y'all. This is not a church. We have, every time you say, let's go to church, you have actually just said something that is completely wrong. This is not a church. This is a building that the church meets in. Nothing else. It's four walls, brick, mortar, carpet, and chairs, and a roof with light coming through the ceiling. This is not the church. We are the church. If we did not exist, there would be no such thing as a church. But now what happens is, is that people say, well, that doesn't sound like church music. And I told them, unless you can turn to me in the scripture, somewhere in Psalms and Proverbs, thus saith the Lord, listen to this, and this is the sound that you should create when you play music. And so, so there are a lot of things that we're going after where we are going to take it back and control it. Because somebody told, I, you know, I was walking past people on Saturday night. And, 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 and I'm, I'm not doing this as a comparison. I know people say things that particular way. They don't mean it that way. I'm walking past people after the service on Saturday night. And people are saying stuff like, you know, good and well, slow dancing at the altar wouldn't have happened at our previous church. I'm not talking about mine. People just saying that. And so, but, but see, y'all, there is nothing you can do in this world that God has not already created. Nothing. And, and, and slow dancing, fast dancing. What do y'all see some of the church services we getting ready to do? Y'all going to be like, are y'all sure y'all want to do this? Absolutely. All of this, what they call rave music and all of this house music and all of the dance music. That, I was telling them, it is amazing in the Bible how many times they dance and what they danced over. But the worst case scenario is David, when he was dancing before the Lord, because he was rejoicing about the ark that was coming back to the house of God. And then it said he was dancing so strong that he began to dance out of his clothes. And it says that his wife got offended with the style of his dance and who he was. When you go back and read it, she said, look at you sitting up here showing your behind in front of all of them young girls dancing that way. And David told her, oh, you thought that was something? Watch this! Said he took it up to the next level, and it says that she got offended, and the Bible says that the Lord closed her womb and would not let her have kids because she was offended at the way that David was dancing before the Lord. See, so, so you know, and, and it's, just, it's just really, 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 really sad because you're going to find that this church, as we follow the Lord, he's not going to shock us overnight. Okay, but over these next two or three years, you're going to find us in a league almost all by ourselves, and the world is going to be like, who are these people that are creating on this level? Okay, so, but, but I think what the Lord is trying to do is, he's trying to create the spirit of a movement where there's a spirit on a group of people, and it keeps darkness at bay, and it becomes easy for people to flow this way. 
Easy for people to have good marriages. Easy for people to have single relationships that are healthy. Easy for the church to prosper. Easy for us to operate in health. Easy for us to have relationships without biting each other's necks off and heads off and everything else. So, so that's where we're going. But it's going. It's not going to be um, uh, simple or easy because the enemy. Uh, I am keenly aware of a force that is a permanently against us now. Um, I'm keen, because everything has changed. You know, you, you just know it. There's a force that is against us. Okay, now we have to just lean, and it and it's and it's and it's, it's like it's being piled on top of us, piled on top of us, and and it can't stop us because of the early morning prayer and the prayer we're doing and the people are praying at home and it can't stop us. But when it comes to something big that we do, uh, they will pile on even more. In order for that thing to work smoothly, you have to have a seven-day fast uh, or a three-day fast. That that conference would not have worked that way if we didn't do that seven-day fast. I can guarantee you that. I know that. I know that beyond a shadow of a doubt. Um, I wanted to say thank you to you and Pastor Lorana because that's the first conference that I've been at, marriage relationship conference, period, where it was not about condemnation. It wasn't what you would call a whooping. This is what you're doing wrong. Fix it, fix it, fix it, fix it. But it's absolutely true what you're saying. We are going somewhere new because I don't know. I don't know if you realize it or not what God had you do when you talked about beauty and making sure that we're together, we're running on all cylinders that smashed a lot of the false beliefs where we were told you got to dress like this, wear skirts to your ankles, look like this, cover yourself up. Don't you can't be cute. And unfortunately, what's happened is with that deception, the, the body of Christ has not taking care of the outward appearance because we're being told that it's wicked to be attractive or it's wicked for us. You know, when you go through the word of God, especially David and even Bishop T.D. Jake said it, he said David's attractiveness was part of his ministry. So we're not just supposed to be speaking the right things. We're supposed to be living the right things, and the world's going to see it. They're going to be drawn by what they see, not just in how God's blessing us, but how we look. So I appreciate that because, for me, I can say that broke a lot of things. You know, I've heard, you know, oh, the red is of the devil, red is of the devil. And I'm like, that's my favorite color. What does that mean then? But... That was freeing because you're like, look at how God took so much time to create everything. How much more us. And in Matthew 6, it talks about if he takes time to feed the little birds, how much more will he do for us? And so it's about time that when we start walking this way, we're telling the world that we actually believe that God loves us. And he does care about the things we care about. And he will perfect those things that concern us. Because if we don't take care of ourselves health-wise, that's the door for the devil to come in. And a lot of Christians are, are dying and perishing because we're not taking care of ourselves. I didn't plan on saying all that. But thank you very much. Here you go. Because I was, one second, Jesse, and I give it to you. I was, my wife was a little, and I was a little, I was a little, <coughs> excuse me, I was a little concerned about the beauty part because, you know, I have seen the condemnation on both sides. I've seen the common condemnation of, uh, well, we're trying to produce a certain image. You're too heavy, so we don't want you. And I've seen the other side where, because you are too beautiful, we can't use you. And so, uh, and so, because I didn't know what my, I kind of knew what my wife was wearing that Saturday morning. But uh, when I saw her, I was like, oh, you trying to kind of fit the part of what we planned this morning. I mean, she had on them tight jeans with those heels and the little skimpy top that was coming. I started to whisper, don't lift your hand up. And hey, man. So, but, um, and, you know, and generally, if you go to, I mean, nowadays, y'all, the way they make clothes, you can just look super sexy, but the word sexy is a bad word in the body of Christ. And, and but when, when you look in scripture, they didn't use the word sexy, but it's obvious that the men and the women, they were like, man, this is too much right here. I mean, this is, I mean, and so it's, but I really appreciate you sharing that because I honestly Never that never really crossed my mind until after I ministered that it would have the effect that that there would be some people 
who would realize, oh, it's okay for me to be beautiful and fine, and it's not vain. You know, I mean, y'all, you want to know the number one statement? I mean, because I'm telling you, people are texting, emailing, Facebooking like crazy. Woo, good grief. And you know the number one statement that the ladies appreciate my wife saying? We supposed to be the baddest chicks in the planet. They appreciate that, man, man, man. Those ladies calling up now like, I appreciate you saying that. I'm changing my wardrobe right now. I mean, and so people appreciate that, you know, and, and but it's the, it's the enemy that has worked against the church to make it look stale, dry, unattractive. And that's why the Holy Spirit had me do those things to say and something that she just said, which I thought was so important. For some reason, I had run into something right before the conference when I was actually studying beauty. Someone had put up a little video and they were showing all of the different types of beautiful birds. And I was like, this is absolutely amazing to see the amount of detail that God will put into birds and animals and tigers and just the cat kingdom. A tiger has the stripes and the leopard has the spots. And when you look at zebras and you look at all these different animals and for some of them, they look grotesque to us, but just the creativity alone. And that's what, because there's another side to this. I didn't forget you, Jesse. Another side to this is not just beauty, but creativity. So, so what happens is that if Kimberly Savage comes in and she has pink hair, there should not be anything wrong with that. God does not have a problem with that. As a matter of fact, the lady, uh, the lady that wrote that book, uh, Visions from Heaven, the Lord told her to dye her hair pink. And so, but see, we look at these things in the body of Christ. You know, someone just, someone showed me a, a letter here recently and, and a church uh, sat a person down because um, of their hairstyle. And see, that's the type of stuff, y'all, we don't have time for that. We don't have, we don't, we don't have time for that at all. You know what's so powerful about beauty? I didn't want to say this because there was a particular lady here. And I don't want to say this because I didn't want to, I have to be careful about being over, being hurting someone's feeling. But, 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 um, never mind. I'll leave that alone. Let me just give it to Jesse. I might come back to that. Yeah, I don't want him to talk about me. So I want to thank the pastor and his wife for being consistent. Because consistently, since I've been coming here for the last four years, now, let me turn this off because somebody's calling at the same time. Yeah. Um, me and my wife have been together around about 11, 12 years. And the first couple of years, I whined and dined her, and I was consistent on my message to her and everything that I was going to marry, I was going to love her forever and everything. But as time progressed, the fourth year, the fifth year, the sixth year, the seventh year, the eighth, I got away from that. You know what I mean? I got away from opening the door. I got away from, from doing, leaving a little sticky notes all over the mirror saying I love you. I got away from bringing her lunch to work and different things. So that conference was more of a rekindling for me. And it also brought some light to her on the reason that men act the way we do. We're wired differently. So as as the conference progressed, I was gaining a little leeway. Friday night, I was like, see, I ain't that bad, right? <laughs> then Saturday night, like, okay, I probably could win this thing. <laughs> then Saturday night, I'm good as gold. So now I have come back to my senses and I'm doing the things that attracted her too. You know what I mean? So we just gotta stay consistent as men to keep on doing the things that attracted us, our wives to us. And vice versa. All right. Thanks. Yeah, that's, amen. I might have to change my mind and put some of this up. I do this every time. I'm not putting nothing up. We'll see. I'll cut some stuff out if I do. But yeah, that, that is, uh, that is, and so that, that's the thing of us just preaching the truth. And then the Lord, it comes out of our mouths, but then the Lord Taylor makes it based on your situation. Uh, he made, Taylor makes it based on your situation. Um, and so, you know, but I, I, I mean, I could only imagine, I mean, from everything to the housework to the, um, but I think that that whole theme got everyone, which is, um, what is terrible is two servants in love versus two masters. Um, and, um, and you know, and 
I can understand why the Lord did a number on me when it comes to my, you know, and I don't have a mouth problem, but I do have a mouth problem when it comes to other churches because I, I, it's like every day. I, you know what, y'all, y'all, do you realize? I just realized something right now. Do you know, and it's been this way for a while, since I pastored this church, I have never met a Christian that came here who had anything good to say about where they left. So, so when that's hitting me every week, how many know you can, that can turn you sour? And so, so to be able to do the things that we're doing and reverse that is, is an amazing, I mean, it's an amazing thing. But that, 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 I think more tonight, that what Janine said really, and just everyone, but what Janine said really, really affected me because I didn't think about that. There are people who, who you know what I mean by this? Oh, you can come on, Ted. Um, it gives them a license to say, okay, I can I can wear nice stuff and I can look classy and I can and 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 once again, you know, it's it's their words. The body of Christ does not like the word sex. Well, actually, I don't think it's the body of Christ. I think it's some of the reverends that have a problem with it, you know. But and it was something I was going to say. Oh, about about about. See, and this was so powerful about what she just said is that. We're living this way every day. We don't like dirty cars. We don't like unclean houses. We don't like food that's prepared the wrong way. We are all, do you know that the Bible says, I can't remember where it is, but the Bible says that Jesus was given, as a child, he was given a specific diet so that he would know to reject the bad and only accept the good. Okay, it says that right in scripture. It says he was given, one one of them was, one of the, Things that he ate was honey, but but even Jesus was handcrafted in such a way where I need you to know what's excellent and what's not. And yet every single thing else. Now we might have a dirty car, but but we appreciate it more if it's clean. So we appreciate beauty. We appreciate all of this type of stuff. And then, like she said, and then the number one creation in the planet, the devil convinces us. But y'all, you're supposed to just look regular. That's crazy. How y'all doing? I got two points. One was when you said how women will go on and tell you an elaborate story of what this meant and all that. Oh, this was that to me. But we was like, oh, it was good. Man, I gave my wife such a revelation about that's why you so laid back and you just say this little thing right here and okay, okay I get that. Man, I'm telling you, we got such a, together, we got such a revelation from that and it it has really opened the line of communication for us that was the one point the other point was when uh, you and Pastor Lorana talked about coming in being broken and I didn't know I was broken took me a while to truly realize that from my past you know having a bad marriage that man I'm almost really messed up my marriage because I was broken and truly, truly, truly didn't know it. And to gain a revelation that you are broken, to admit it to yourself, to admit it to your spouse, it's, man, it's, it opens up so much for you both to converse about it and, and heal from it. If I didn't have that strong woman right there, by my side, man, our marriage could be kaput. She's strong. She's strong. And I love you. That was awesome, Saturday. Friday, Saturday. Yeah, it was all good. I thought, and I thought Sunday was going to be, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to look you. I thought Sunday was going to be simple, but Sunday, it just, it was just, Lord have mercy. I'm just like, it's still going. But yeah, that is, that is, it was a spirit of transparency because if we're not, nobody else will to a certain degree. But it was, um, um, I have to be totally honest with you all. What we shared, um, um, out of everything that we shared from the beginning to the end, um, we knew none of it 20 years ago. When we got married, we didn't know any of that. Any of it. I mean, any of it. I don't know what I knew. I didn't know nothing. I was Dumbbell Jr. walking. Just what saved me is having a good father. So I just imitated what he did. But, but we had to learn those things over uh, a period of 20, and still learning. 
still learning. But, you know, if, if, if my wife and I can make it without knowing that and learning it over 20 years, you imagine what the, the newer couples that get married can do. I mean, just with knowing that knowledge, I think about even how I just embraced dream and dream interpretation three years ago. You know, but my kids, they grow up, they grew up in it. I mean, they, they have dreams and they can interpret their own dreams. My son had a dream. I didn't know what it meant, meant, but he knew what it meant. I said, what does it mean? He said, the Lord was just telling me I need to spend more time in the Word. He's just saying this like, yeah, you know, I lost the game on Xbox yesterday. I'm just like, I wish I had that old flippant relationship with the Lord. Oh, I just boom, boom. And, but, uh, but, uh, but yeah, I, I got off track. Come on, Nicole. I have two things as well. Um, to piggyback off of Francia, I'm so there with you. Um, but <clears throat> but um, during the conference, then you do get that revelation, that, that makeup being different and being able to appreciate the fact that your husband loves you the way that he does. And you should be excited that he loves you the way that he does. Um, their language is different than ours, but then you learn to appreciate that. The other thing that what it, what it was for me was is that... Um, this may seem kind of twisted in some kind of way, but there were some couples in the conference that you didn't feel the love. You felt confrontation. You felt their hurt, their pain through the whole thing. Um, and that being said, I know, because at first I was like, wow, that's, that's, that's really sad. But I used to be that person. Before coming to Lionheart, I can't say that if we were here that we wouldn't be together. I, couldn't, I can't say that. But because of what we have learned, and like, like Francia said, God gets you in a position where you start to look at yourself first before looking at that person. And if he can start to work with you, then you could be more for that other person. But looking at that and looking at the division in a relationship, I was like, wow, I used to be there. And I'm at a different place now. And I learned to appreciate. Even then, I wanted to en- just embrace my husband even more because we used to be there, but we're not there anymore. And I just appreciate him so much more. And that conference did, you know, you don't realize it. I mean, you go every day. You know you love one another. You know, but then it's, it, it, it was a rekindling. Um, and it's not to say that anything was missing, but everything could always be built up more. Yeah, amen. And this is, let's see, this is... You know why this is so powerful? It's because out of their own mouths, this has given the single people hope. Because they're like, and, and, and this is what I mean by it's so important. You know, um, my, my, my wife and I practicing these things and then being open and transparent about it. And then, you know, the family practicing them and the singles watching all of these different type of things. You know, it's something that Ted said about being broken. And it is possible for you to be broken and you don't even know it. You know, I mean, how many, I mean, all of us have pretty much done it. I know I have. As a matter of fact, I think I'm doing it right now. Um, you know, police pulled me over for a broken, for a taillight that wasn't working. I still haven't replaced it. You know, and how many of you, you kept on, you heard that noise on the engine every time you turned it on, you heard that click, 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 click. You just kept on driving, kept on driving, kept on driving. And, you know, we, we drive forever with the service lights on. Y'all already knew I was going Friday. That service light, ain't nothing wrong with this car. Keep on driving. It didn't blow up yet. I'm keep on driving. Some of you been driving with the service light on for 10 years. <laughs> you know, but, but, but these things are, uh, um, these things are, are, are very, very important. So it's a blessing. And the thing is, is that now, if it had an effect on you all, and you all get this type of stuff every week, even though that was like an amplified version, can you imagine the effect that it's having on people that's in the world right now? Um... Um, you're never, ever going to be able to get everyone. You're not. You know, I'm doing a study right now, and I'm looking at how, how because as a leader, I have to understand these things so that when they happen, it doesn't bother me. You know, when you look at Moses, you know, um, Moses, he, the Bible says Moses was the meekest man in the entire planet, yet he couldn't go into the promised land because he disobeyed God because he was angry at the people. Um, you know, Moses' own family members spoke against his leadership, and one of them ended up being cursed over it. When you study all of the leaders, you look at how Saul acted a fool on David. You look at how David got off track and ended up having uh, an adulterous relationship with Bathsheba, and then had her husband murdered on purpose. You can walk all the way down through the, with Elijah and how he had that servant, Gehazi, who I believe was called Gehazi, and, and, um, and Gehazi disobeyed his leader and did something and got money that they weren't supposed to get. 
you know, um, you see Jesus had one of the disciples turn on him. I mean, you study the scripture carefully and you see all of these different scenarios where men who were right, you know, but no matter what they did, they couldn't win everybody. Jesus couldn't, you know, and so that's just how it is as as spiritual parents. You know, it bothers us when we see people make mistakes and we see people go down the wrong road, whether it be in ministry, whether it be in relationships, whether it be in business or finances. But but just like our natural children, how I many know sometimes with your natural children, you just got to let them go and crash so that they can learn. Um, but um, but, you know, this type of crashing is different. So, you know, you gonna have those things. You're going to have married couples that you pour out your blood and guts and you, you are convinced that they got it. Nope, they don't have it. So, uh, so you know, I hate to say this. You can win them all, but in, the, but in this situation, you win some and you lose some. I didn't forget about you, Janine. You win some and you lose some. And the, the, the key is, is that to win more than you're losing. But, uh, but you're going to lose a few because not everybody is ready. Uh, not everybody is in the right relationship. Not everybody wants to hear this. Because more than anything, this teaching requires self-discipline and you putting forth effort. Um. Actually, the before the week of the conference, um, I had I was out of town, and I was being driven back um, to Cleveland by my uncle, who's a pastor, and he's going through some things, and I had a relationship question, and I heard myself say, "I'm not going to ask him that. Look at his life," and then. I had to, I corrected myself quickly and I repented and I heard God say, who's perfect? Is anybody perfect? Are you perfect? And I said, well, let me ask the question because God can still use him. And I did. And I asked him the question and I said, I'm kind of overwhelmed right now. How do you know everything about everybody? You know, to prevent as a single person trying to prevent any problems that could happen in a marriage. And he said, you said your problem. You said, you said your answer right there. And I said, what is the answer? And he said, you said you're overwhelmed with trying to learn everything. No one knows everything except for God. And I said, yeah. And so as we got through the conversation, he said, do you have a list? I said, yeah, I have a list. And for single people, that's what they tell us all the time. Have a list. What you want? Have a list. And I had narrowed down my list. And I said, yeah, I have it on my phone. Let me read it to you. He said, oh, that's a great list. And then he asked me, he said, where's your list? I said, what do you mean my list? He said, your list. I said, oh, I know what's great about me. And he said, he said, no. He said, what is your list? What do you promise to do for that man? And I said, ooh. So I sat in the car, and I wrote this list on my phone. And then I read it to him, and he said, I wish my wife had said that to me. I said, oh, great. So I get here, and I get to the conference, and I hear all these wonderful things. But I have to admit, sitting in the conference, I was like, y'all talking about marriage is hard. I don't know if I want this anymore. This is a joke. And then I thought about it, and then you talked about how Adam, how God had given him everything, and he was perfect, and God said, it's still not good that he's alone, and gave him a spouse. So that was encouraging, because today in this world, as a single person, we're told it's better that you just don't get married. You can live together. You can have children. Financially, it's actually better. You're not, you know, you're not committed to each other, and if you don't like each other or you want to break up, there's no alimony. There's nothing involved. You shouldn't get married. So when you and Pastor Lorana did the conference, it was very encouraging, not only to hear as an individual how I'm supposed to look at myself, but my uncle also told me something that you guys echoed, and that was, if you want your relationship get better, then the first thing you do is you work on yourself. It's already better because you've worked on yourself. It's already better because you started it. And so I'm not going to lie. I was discouraged for a minute. I was like, oh, I'm just be single and by myself. Mm-mm. Because I loved, I loved what you're talking about. I love, we all love the good parts in marriage, you know, the lovey-dovey, huggy part, you know, the intimate part. We like that part. But it actually takes work, and it takes sacrifice, just like our relationship with God. And even after the conference, I was like, yay, this is great. I don't know if I'm going to be married, though. <laughs> and then my aunt called me. Another person didn't know we had a conference, and she talked to me for an hour and a half. And she told me a whole bunch of things about her marriage between her and my uncle. 
and how tough it was and how hard it was. But then she talked about the good things. And I know my uncle was a very, he's a very successful man, period. That's another uncle. Very successful. But then God had me share with her, he needs you just as much as you need him. And then I really started to see the picture that you and Pastor Lorana painted, that it's not good that you be alone. Paul said, if you can do it, do it. But it's not good that you be alone. There is beauty in being together. There is beauty in having children. There is beauty in training children. It gets hard, but it's a blessing from God. Marriage is a blessing from God. Children are a blessing from God. And the world has corrupted it to where you think it's no good. Why get married? Why get married at all? Better yet, why don't you marry, like you said, a cow or a dog? They don't talk back. Just put them outside. You see what I'm saying? I'm just saying. But I appreciate what you guys said. And because I didn't realize that on the inside, I was scared of marriage because of the work involved. And there was a part of me that said, when I get mad, divorce, we're done. And I'll just repent later. God will forgive me. He forgives everybody. But it made me pay attention and go, this is from God. God has given me the tools to do this. And if I do it his way, it'll be a wonderful blessing. And the world needs to see us in positive, healthy relationships. Yeah, the, the, the same frustrations that are between, um, give me one second, Jonathan, I won't forget. Um, I'll make him the last one. Um, the same frustrations that are between a husband and a wife are the same frustrations that are between Christ and the church. Um, and that's, that'll be another time, maybe at the next one, where I'll explain how, um, 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 and it's a little bit more one-sided, because Christ does understand the church, but the church does not understand why does Christ want me to do this? Why do I got to change this? Why do I got to do this? The same thing we say about our spouses, same frustrations. So I just wanted to say that uh, when it comes to marriage, uh, in the year that I've been married to Janice, uh, I personally, I've noticed in myself and in Janice uh, both, that we've grown, I've grown more in this one year of marriage, being married to Janice uh, personally, than I have probably in the last five years combined. And, um, you know, obviously you have to uh, be willing to change, but really, like, I believe that um, because uh, of those challenges, um, going through those challenges has like together and and then like you know getting into arguments and then coming back and forgiving getting into arguments and then coming back and forgiving over and over and over again <laughs> it's like our relationship our relationship has gotten so much stronger and and it's just completely like refined both of our characters so much just in one year and so I believe that uh, when it comes to challenges in a marriage, uh, just like challenges in, in anything, uh, they'll grow you, they'll, they'll refine you as, as long as you let it. So I, I'm grateful for this, you know, amazing woman of God <laughs> and, and for this union, this, this union between me and her and God. And, Yeah, and um, I also wanted to thank you and Lorana for being so open and honest, you know, with your marriage, because that was really the first time I ever heard, like, anything like that, because um, a lot of times you'll see, and like you mentioned, uh, pastors and their wives, like, there's nothing going on, obviously, and, um, and I also came from that background as well, so... For me, when going into a marriage, I didn't know I didn't know what to do. I didn't know like what to expect. I if anything, I was putting a lot more pressure on Jonathan because I he was he's my first everything. I never dated anyone, so I didn't know what to expect when being in a relationship with anyone. I thought I was gonna be single my entire life. I just I would say like just me and Jesus, like, you know, all day. So when it came to being in a relationship with Jonathan, I realized, you know, when uh, Lorana was being, like, open and sharing, like, you know, realizing it's, 
you know, you realize that you're selfish in a lot of ways. So I realized that I was also being really selfish and I was spending a lot of like uh, um, responsibilities and pressures and stuff on Jonathan, expecting him to, you know, be a certain way. And it's like, no, like, if anything, God was showing me myself. And whenever I was getting on Jonathan about something, God was showing me, like, see, this is what you need to work on. I'm like, man, I know. And then I'll go back. I'll have those moments, too, going back to Jonathan, which is mine. So I'm sorry. <laughs> I didn't mean it. And um, so I just really, like, appreciate it. And, uh, and as Jonathan was saying, like, just this year of growing and going through the challenges. And I'm really excited for, like, the future and seeing, like, okay, God, where are you going to have us next year? And where you're going to have is 10 years from now. And not just in our marriage, but how, you know, bringing influence into other people and bringing hope for other marriages. Because, as, as you mentioned before, like, the world has this stigma that when it comes to a relationship, okay, if you don't like the person, just get a divorce. Like, nothing is final. Where really, long ago, back in, you know, I always say Bible days, your word is your bond. But now we have, like, a piece of paper, and it's like, oh, that's, that's nothing. You can just, you know, cancel that. It's no big deal. And it's like, no, like, I want us to be an example. I believe the church is to be an example of a union, of really being an example of God's love in the church. So I'm just really excited about that, and I thank you. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> that is, uh, it was something that, it was uh, one of the last statements you said, and it triggered something on the inside of me. And um, uh, I can't remember it now. But yeah, it is a, it is a, uh, it's a, it's a, marriage does grow you up. I think my wife ended up saying that. So I think she said, this is for grown folk. You know, you know, like a Christian rapper friend of mine said, he said, a playboy is somebody that's playing boy. And, um, um, and it's, that's the truth, playing boy. Um, and so, uh, but it, I mean, it is, uh, an amazing thing. You know, I, uh, I don't know, I know we will be doing conferences every year. Our conferences will be conferences. <laughs> you know, a lot of times conferences is just another Sunday morning service, <laughs> you know, but, but, uh, but I mean, these things, and we're trying to be led by the spirit. I mean, you get your best impact when you do things based on as the Lord leads you, you know, and different things like that. And uh, give me one second. Um, but uh, but uh, this was this our first marriage conference? Wow. Yeah. See, and it's it, and see, we're moving into this. I was telling somebody earlier, ministries like this. This is what happens. It this was this is what happens over thirty years. It does like this, and then it does like that. So the last five years have been this. Okay. The season that we're in now is that season. This season right here. So in about another, I, 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 sometimes you can get a spiritual, spiritual compass gauge. You know, about the next three to five will be this. Um, in about five years, y'all, um, I'm not even ready for that. <laughs> I mean, it's, I mean, y'all, Bishop Oedipo increased by 200,000 people in the last two months. That just, how is he doing this? Through cell groups. Through cell groups. 200,000 people. And the Lord says, I want you to follow him. And then we tithe into that. And so there's a dimension of power and prosperity. I'm getting what it took this man 30 years to get. I'm getting at the beginning. So it's going to be very, very scareful and, and uh, scary to the degree of your end will be the degree of your slowness in the beginning. Because the foundation has to be so big in the beginning to handle the weight of the end. And so, uh, but this stuff right here, y'all, I mean, this is, this is the real, the real nitty gritty. So, all right, we got a second closing now, so let's go ahead and see. Oh, I was just playing. I'm just playing y'all with the jokes. Don't be taking a personal. <laughs> Without love, I'm nothing. Faith doesn't work without love. And a lot of times you wonder why your prayers aren't answered because you're abusing your spouse. And a lot of people do it emotionally and verbally. Or they restrain. They, I'm not going to love you right. I'm not going to cook for you. You sleep on the couch. You do this and you do that. And 
I think it's very important that you deal with the transformation of the mind. And a lot of times we're, and everybody can speak with tongues of men and of angels. And then you turn around and cut somebody out because you can't pray loud enough. You know, we are, that just the basics. It doesn't make sense. And that is offensive. And I see a lot of people that are hurt by Christians, by their spouses, because they're given all of this, but then they can't face their spouse and do the right thing with them. Yeah. No, no, I appreciate it. Somebody getting delivered up in this piece. I mean, none of this. Man. Everything for everybody, but you can tell when they get that clapping back. I'm sorry, I actually forgot this part and um, the main reason for why I um, had a question. Well, not a question, I just wanted to comment. That the marriage conference was actually in a very like awesome timing, like for Jonathan and I, because we had um, friends that we were hanging out with for like almost a year, and um, uh, we realized mentorship is so important and having examples of like a godly husband and wife because this couple, I mean, they're awesome, love the Lord and everything, but it was certain things where like the husband, he he would like, um, uh, I guess, put his wife um, on blast around other people, making her look bad. And then she would share certain things with me about him. And then we realized certain things was rubbing off on us that we didn't really have that problem and but we loved hanging with them and um and something happened and then God gave uh spoke to Jonathan and and told uh told us to cut them off and we're just like man God did you really say that and and then it seemed like God was just putting that focus back on us and rebuilding of what the enemy was trying to sneak in to separate so the timing of this marriage conference was awesome and it just allowed us to see like man it's, it's good when you're around um, people of like minds and, and wanting to build something like awesome in a marriage. Yeah, that's that's really yeah, that's a big thing. You got to learn how to cut people off. You have to, some, sometimes the Lord will make you cut them off so you can learn, and then other times He will cut them off from you so that they won't burn you um, or affect what you're doing. But whoever you are attached to, and that's why for me I understand that it's like there's this perfect balance. You know, one side is we're a married couple, leaders and pastors, and we just live raggedy. Got my wife all hugged up in front of everybody and going off on her in private and all that type of stuff. You know, the other side is the pride side, which is, which is, you know, we just, everything is rosy and peachy. We never get in arguments. Nobody's trying to hear that. Jesus got in arguments with people. You're not deep. You know, you get not getting argued. The Bible says be angry and just don't sin. So, so you getting angry with your spouse. God didn't fall off the throne and all that type of stuff. You know, but there's a respectful way to be angry even, you know, but we don't even want to share that we get into it with one another. That definitely leaders don't want to share that, you know. So, so, you know, this, this, you know, having a, a ministry like this is extremely precious in the eyes of God and Satan. And um, so Satan will seek to destroy it. God will seek to mature it because just being able to have this more and more, just this open dialogue like this. You know, I personally have never seen it before where we just all stand up freely and learn what we learn. And 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 even sometimes some of us, we may feel like it's TMI, but, you know, talk about, you know, yes, we're having sex more. And we're I mean, all of these different type of things, man, you get kicked out the church. I came from, man, you're not welcome back to have your picture in the wall. If you see this man, arrest him immediately, you know, and so and and but y'all, there is a very bad dilemma. Uh, in the body of Christ where everything that God gave us the authority to control, the devil has come and taken it away and given it to the world. You know, <laughs> I, t- I told him this early when I told him this, he just took off walking. You know how Revelation is so good, you just walk away and go on down the street. You know, and because, you know, this is just the beginning. As you continue, the Lord gives you more, gives you more, gives you more. And one of the things that I brought out was... Um, that the Bible says that Satan was perfect in beauty. How I many you know when God says you are perfect in beauty, you bad. I mean, this God said Lucifer in his original creation was perfect in beauty. And so I, and so I, had, I shared with him that if Satan was perfect in beauty, then it would seem very stupid that his music didn't match his look. And so what you see in the world right now musically is Satan taking what he learned in heaven and giving it to them. 
My wife shares something with uh, Typically, if I watch like an award show, like a BET, I'll tape it, skim through it to see how much foolishness is in there. Boom, boom, boom. So my wife says, she said, Otha, she said to me day, day before yesterday, she said, Otha, she said, I didn't watch BET, but I saw a clip on Facebook. And she said, she said, even though I don't follow her, she says, I see what you mean now by her work ethic, her excellence, how they do things in such a creative fashion that keeps most Christians mesmerized. But then we come over here to the church. He was telling me about how he would, he, uh, Mozart was take, talking about how when he was younger, he said he didn't listen to all of the secular stuff and the rappers because he was really into what they had to say. He said, I only listen to it because I love their creativity. He said, man, I would hear those beats and stuff. And he said, man, it would just get me. He said, and then I come to church. No creativity. And, 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 and that's the reason why, you know, they come into church to create and then we send them back out there. He will tell you what he does in here, you can't do out there. This, what we do now is a higher level than out here. What they, because of him being allowed to create when he does stuff for organizations and stuff, he can do it in a split second and their mind is blown. How could you do that that fast? Because the church took him to another level of creativity, creativity where he can do things very quick. So, so it's going to be, we're, we're at the bottom of the mountain, but now we're climbing. And when I tell you we're going to take it back, it's going to be very, very scary, scary to see how we take it back. Take the love back, take the sexiness back, take the relationships back, take the authority back, take everything back. And, you know, and you just sitting around creating songs, taking it back with the devil stole. We're going to take it back. No, you're not. You're not going to take back a thing. You are not going to. Okay, when, you, when you talk about taking back what Satan stole, you better have some Holy Ghost arrogance on your behind. You better be ready for the entire body of Christ to talk about you. You better be ready for armies to come against you because they do not want to let go of what they took. The ultimate thief. He'll never give it back. You got to take it back by force. You know, and so you're going to have a few religious people to talk about us, but the world, they'll listen in droves. They already are. Um, and so, uh, so we, uh, I'm just, how many of y'all are thankful? I'm just thankful, you know. So, so I'm, I'm very, very thankful to see what the Lord is creating from scratch. So let's go ahead and stand.